Hey there, hi there, ho there. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to KSKQ. And the show that you currently have turned your dial to is Dream Infringement. That's right, Dream Infringement is a super squad of three friends. Three friends who shared a mutual love for community radio and decided to make it a way of life. That's right, we broadcast this show called Dream Infringement every Monday night starting at 6 p.m., lasting until just about 7 p.m. And we choose songs and tell stories, and this is all based on a weekly theme. And this week, the theme is, well, I guess I can let my counterpart explain it. Emily, she is my co-host. In addition to that, Jennifer, you will hear from her very soon. But for now, actually, you won't hear from her. She's taking the week off. Good for her. She needed it. Uh, but she's been holding down the fort. Emily and I have been gallivanting all over California. We'll hear more about that later. But in the meantime, Emily, it is about that time where you tell all of the fine listeners what our theme is for tonight. So take it away, Emily. The theme this week is the junk drawer, part two. Part one was made a long time ago. I don't remember when, years ago, probably. And so on an episode like the junk drawer, it's kind of like a hodgepodge of things. Like when you open the junk drawer and you go down memory lane and you find that uh, metal that you won from that running competition you were in and you find that seam ripper and you think, oh my goodness, where's the cap on that seam ripper? If someone placed their hand in this junk drawer in a wrong way, they would get stabbed. And you think about all those things. At least that's what I think about. Oh, there's always that cough drop in there that's like gross. And you sit there and you think about, when did I buy these cough drops what what illness was it and that receipt from those air filters that you replaced when it was smoky uh last summer uh but and for some reason you don't want to throw it away you hang on to it who knows why you don't know why and those two double a batteries that you took out of your remote because they were dead but you don't want to throw them away for some reason uh, and these are all just things that we're going to share. This is our junk drawer of an episode tonight. Things that for some reason we weren't able to like just forget about or throw away and we weren't able to use for any other theme. These are stories and experiences and uh, sentiments that we're going to share with you uh, to ring in the new year. It's the beginning of a new year and there are so many possibilities um, there are so many questions to be asked, and there are so many answers to those questions to be questioned. And we have 365 days to learn more about ourselves and the person on the other side of your wall. That's right, your neighbor. So we're going to do that. We're going to just like help you get started with that. What a wonderful, hopeful time this is. So many possibilities. So, 
while you contemplate that, we're going to hit you with a song. And I have things to say about this song. I started listening to it uh, at the gym. Um, Spotify does a cool thing where if you type in a song, it just starts playing songs like that song. And so this was a song that it chose for me, and I really like it. It's called Figure It Out by Blue De Tiger, and there's a part in it where she just keeps saying, we'll figure it out, we'll figure it out, and um, it makes me feel good. I think it's more about like a relationship, but um, I have a lot of anxiety, especially recently. Uh, just the weather changing, like the uh, seasonal depression, depression and anxiety that comes along with it really hit hard. And so sometimes when I'm um, in that mental space, I sort of repeat those words from this song like a mantra a bit. So maybe it'll help you too. Um, so this is Figure It Out by Blue De Tiger. Don't know what you're saying. You're flying higher than a plane and I'm not complaining. It's getting too loud, we'll figure it out I'm out of my brain Your t-shirt is ripped and it's all the same You don't know my name Wonder why you stay inside I can't talk, can't speak my mind Why you wanna waste your time Why don't you join me outside That was none other than the Bee Gees with More Than a Woman. Before that, you heard the song Snail by Benet. And previous to that, it was the song Figure It Out by Blue the Tiger. Now, you might be wondering why we played a Bee Gees song. You might not be. I just feel like B the Bee Gees, you don't really hear them all that often. Do you hear them often on the radio? I mean, if you listen to, like, the soft rock station, you hear them, like, every 15 minutes. Right after, like, a Journey song. Oh, I guess I'm not listening to the soft rock enough. Well, I, I do it for my own reasons, but... Your mental health? Yeah, soft rock rock is very comforting to me and familiar, and I like that. Uh, so, yeah, I hear BG songs quite frequently, Emily. <laughs> I guess I just don't. It felt very novel to me. Anyway, um, our 10-year-old son, who you've heard on our show um, semi-frequently, he requests to hear More Than a Woman um, because it played in the movie Mystery Men, starring... Some William stars. William H. Macy. William H. Macy was in that. Um, so was Ben Stiller. So was Hank Azaria. Janine Garofalo. Uh, and someone else. Oh, Paul Rubens. Yes. Paul Rubens. And the kid from um, Good Burger. Yeah. Who's not a kid and very much a man now. What, what's his name? Keenan? No. Kel. Kel. He's like the counterpart to Keenan Thompson. 
Anyways, yeah, it's a really good movie. All-star cast. It's got uh, Eddie Izzard, and he plays a disco. The leader of the leader of a of a gang called the Disco Boys, and he doesn't believe that disco is dead, even though it's like 1999, which is so much closer to the disco era than now. But when we watch it, it's like a reminder of just how simple the world was in 1999, and just how like how golden our life experience was at 11, 12 years old, because that's how old Emily and I were (laughs) when it came out. And now our son is watching this movie and he loves it for all the same reasons we love it. Like he sees the magic in in this movie. Uh, It's a cult classic. It didn't do well in the theaters, I don't think. Uh, It was the one of the first movies that I heard all star by smash mouth uh so they got in on the ground floor they knew this is this is a song that should definitely be in a soundtrack for a movie and uh yeah it was just a wonderful movie about just superheroes or normal people trying to be superheroes yeah it's about these like d-list superheroes that don't quite have superpowers and then there's like the main superhero i think his name's captain amazing by he's played by greg kinnear did we say that he's in it greg kinnear is in it yeah it's really an all-star cast i don't know why you haven't seen it come on (laughs) people what's wrong with you if you have seen it let us know on instagram um anyway the 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 um wannabe superheroes find themselves in a position where they have to rescue the famous superhero and it is a delightful movie truly a delight very much a delight so that's why we played a bg song because our son is like way into the bgs and then he asked our six-year-old uh, do you like this song? And our six-year-old is, he's kind of in full contrary mode most of the time. And so I was anticipating that he would say no. And uh, he didn't really have any comment. But then before I realized it, I was telling my 10-year-old that that's a question that doesn't really ever need to be asked because the Bee Gees is just, it's just known that they are good. They 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 put in the time they they did you know they they've put in the work and they've earned a spot in not being questioned about whether they are good or not and um and then i and then my 10 year old got that glazed look in his eyes where he is like dad is saying dad things and um he kind of checked out a little bit (laughs) so which happens at times yeah that happens happens when i say mom things too that's why i really try to keep it short and sweet get the information in that's the most important that's the best way to communicate with your tiny kids well what else is there to share uh we're parents we have kids uh, of elementary school age and um we're millennials And I think that there's a unique 
perspective that we bring to the table, being uh, people who are children in an era where at the turn of the century, December 31st, 1999, everyone was in fear of their computers shutting down and television being no more and basically every piece of technology that we ever learned to rely on from the common house fan to uh, a supercomputer that Bill Gates used to keep, you know, to calculate his, uh, you know, uh, checking account, his checking account uh, balance. It was something we all were in fear of. And we, li we lived through that. And we were kids. And we just kind of accepted that we would be living in a dystopian future starting January 1st, 2000. I remember that evening very distinctly, I think. I, my brother... <laughs> You know how false memories are? I saw a whole thing about false memories, and so now I'm like, maybe I can't trust my own memory. Anyway, my brother had rented a movie from Blockbuster, or maybe Hollywood Video. That I don't remember. Was it Mystery Men? It wasn't Mystery Men. No, it was um, it was really sad. It was the one about, if I remember correctly... It was the one about the um, the Holocaust and oh, the dad who was like trying to make it like a game for his son when they were in the concentration camp. That's a sad movie. That's a really sad movie. I, I don't know what the name of it is, but I've seen clips from it. It was terribly sad. Um, and I remember feeling like, man, this is a sad movie. But then also feeling like I'm really glad that we're all up tonight as a family watching this because I was genuinely terrified of of um the year 2000 and I remember being very confused about it I remember asking my dad and him telling me about the computer thing like the computers were not what was it like no one made computers to go past 1999 yep, and all. somehow that was going to catapult us into absolute chaos yep I just I I was I remember everybody just understood that there was a there was a good chance there's a chance it would be fine nothing would happen or the exact opposite and like everything that we all feared the most would be happening like we would just be in the dark ages all of a sudden and that was like a genuine fear but also bands like in sync and backstreet boys and britney spears like the britney spears that if if you weren't a millennial you'd never had the opportunity to see like successful like britney spears uh who isn't like on the verge of you know complete collapse mental collapse all of those things it was uh it was like a time where like everything could go like so wrong but also everyone was just like happy and partying and enjoying life and being excited about, you know, everything, the moment, the future, all of it. Suddenly, suddenly like the collapse of civilization because computers weren't like 
made to go past a certain year, suddenly that doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, we've collectively been through a lot. Yeah. I'll take that. Can we have that instead of what's happening right now? Please? Um, um I think that that the year 2000, New Year's, I think that's where my deep-seated fear of the new year began. What is it that that scares you about the new year? <laughs> Societal collapse. Yeah. No, I don't I don't really have a deep-seated fear. I um that was a joke. I don't know. I I guess in my mind sometimes what makes me feel anxious about like these kinds of pivotal dates is there's like a collective pressure that is like put on all of culture like things are changing things are like it's literally changing into a new year um i just it, it still is surreal that it's the it's the year 2024 that's something that i can't really mentally like subconsciously even like accept even though like i know it to be true so that that's that's an odd feeling i feel like things for me mentally paused in 2020 like spring of 2020 or before you know the global pandemic really kicked off like it just doesn't feel real ever since then that the years are are ticking by yeah it's a it's a strange time to be alive but we're we are alive ah yes here we are yep living and breathing human beings and you know what the more things change the more they stay the same that's for sure let's play some more music yeah uh let's play a song by a band that was so inspired by a show that we you might have grown up with if you are a millennial and you watched Nickelodeon. That show is Pete and Pete. And the band that uh, wrote this song and put it together, it's a band called Real Estate. And if you check the video out for the song, you will find the two uh, actors in it that played Pete and Pete from the show Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon in the 90s. And that song is Water Underground. John Robert with Come Pick Me Up 
Before that was Every Day's a Lesson in Humility by Suki Waterhouse and Belle and Sebastian. And at the top of that little song set, you heard Water Underground by Real Estate. Um, reaching into the junk drawer of our minds, I'm pulling out a movie stub. Mm-hmm. Movie tickets. A figurative movie ticket. Yeah. Uh, we didn't actually buy movie tickets to watch this movie, but we got a wild hair and decided to press play on a movie that has a pretty big cult following, and that is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We just decided to watch it and have a little fun. Feel like teenagers again. And we did. And we realized also that um, there's just something like really real and beautiful about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's just so, uh, it's so true to like the teenage experience, even though the actors that play were playing teenagers were like in their mid to late 20s. Um, they were relatable <laughs> as teenagers remembering being a teenager watching that i i felt very like connected to what was happening and just the idea that like life is going to like take off and you're gonna have like a family and a job and all these things before you know it so you in the words of ferris bueller life life goes pretty fast and if you don't stop and take a look around you just might miss it yeah, and um, like most things, the internet has a lot of theories about Ferris Bueller. One of them was that Ferris Bueller is a narcissist, and he just doesn't care about anybody but himself. And I think to some extent, um, like, I don't think the narc, I think, okay, to be honest, I'm going to take a little side step away from the subject. I think everyone is throwing the word narcissist around a little too much, kind of sick of hearing about it. And and no offense to teenagers, because I was a teenager and like I teenagers are great. Like, you know, obviously being a teenager is is a must. You have to be a teenager before you be anything else. And uh, but I mean, there is some level of narcissism going on with most teenagers. There's a definite like self-absorption that one goes through as a teen. Yeah. And I think it's natural. Yeah, it's a part of development. So uh, another theory, another theory about uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is that Ferris Bueller is living out like a Groundhog Day situation. So there's a lot of like times where he like turns to the camera and says something like this is where Cameron, his best friend, like loses it. Like he knows it's going to happen. So that's a theory. Groundhog Day, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Another good movie, though. Um, and then I think rewatching it as an adult and seeing Cameron's struggle and like very real depiction of like depression really hit me differently as an adult um, than it did when I was a kid. Like it, it really affected me deeply i i felt like 
even though I've seen the movie many times, I just, I felt like a concern for Cameron that I had never felt before. Um, it's just, it felt very real. It really did. It really did. And then, and so we were like, John Hughes, man, what a slam dunk this was. This was a, this is probably, in my opinion, his best movie. I know you're all going to say 16 Candles. I know you're all going to say Breakfast Club. Um, quite honestly, there's too many offensive things in those movies for me to be like able to watch it and like it be enveloped by the universe that John Hughes creates. But with fair- rather, those are rather problematic. Yeah, they, they are. And even at the actors who are in it come out in saying that they were problematic like movies. But I don't know, there's something pure and like wonderful about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, I'm sure there are some things that you could find with it, but, um, but it's a, it's just a, it's a wonderful watch. Uh, so motivated by that, we then decided to watch planes, trains, and automobiles starring Steve Martin and John Candy, which was John Hughes movie that he made right after Ferris Bueller's day off. So he kind of left the teenage comedy, romantic comedy realm. And he went, right into like middle-aged man adventure comedy uh which that was interesting emily your take how far into that movie did i make it do you think i'm gonna find i'm gonna look into that i'll get right back at you get back to you i could not uh finish that film because there it was making me too anxious um, there were too many things going wrong and it just felt too true to life because we live in a time when things keep going. Well, I don't want to be like super negative. Um, it feels like a struggle sometimes to, um, travel, to get to places on time. Like, it seems like ever since the pandemic, things just are not running quite as smoothly as they used to. Um, so that felt very real. It was hard to laugh at missed flights and buses and all of that. And then Steve Martin is just, he's so mean to John Candy. He's like so mean. And it wasn't funny to me. I just couldn't get on board with that sense of humor um and at least up until the point that we stopped watching it john candy was like such a sweet guy like he was just a genuinely sweet positive nice guy trying to make the most out of a bad situation and steve martin was kind of worst and so i looked over at bobby and i was like i don't think i can finish this movie and i said okay and i turned it off uh, and in order for me to find out how far into the movie we actually got before we decided we can't take this anymore, um, I'd have to rent it again. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Oh, man, we paid money. Yeah, we paid money to watch that movie. But but again, not knocking the movie. It It's a wonderfully hilarious movie. There are so many like layers to it. It's a really it's really a, a very, very good movie. But it's just a different experience being like these these adults um, watching this like very pure man 
John Candy, who has like the best of intentions and is really just trying to like live his life, be judged left and right by a very like anal retentive, uh, just like tunnel visioned corporate suit. That's what Steve Martin is. And it's uh, it's just kind of it was too real. It was far too real. And did you say, did you talk about how like everything that could go wrong has went wrong? I I, ta- I I touched on that, yes. Yeah. And it's just like living in a world where we just got through like a f- the last few years of like literally everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. We've experienced it and we've like made it through the other side. And and uh, I'm sure there are things that we all learned, but but I have no interest in really like dwelling and looking back on it. And so watching a movie where like everything that could go wrong is going wrong. Um, it, it's hard to find. It's like hard to walk to like experience the escapism that most movies like you're after when you watch a movie, let alone like a comedy. So Ferris Bueller's day off teenagers trying to like play hooky and, have adventures in parades in the middle of Chicago, escapism to like middle-aged humans trying to like just travel and things like, like legitimate things going wrong where they are unable to make it home. Um, and they have to like experience the unpleasantness of like human struggle not escapism. No, very stressful. Um, didn't you say that John Hughes wrote like a ton of movies for John Candy, but they never, never came to fruition? Yeah, I want to say he wrote like twenty three movies, or somewhere between like eighteen and eighteen and twenty three movies for John Candy, with like him in mind. And they they've they've never seen the light of day. Like they're just like scripts. John uh, John Hughes was like a a a story writing machine. So yeah. Wow, what a life. Yep. Well, let's um shove that back in the junk drawer and play a couple more songs before we have to go. Let's do it. This next one's for you, Miriam. This is Forever in Blue Jeans by Neil Diamond. I hope you like it. Well, we hate to leave you. Um, but you're in good hands. There's more wonderful shows from wonderful people coming up on KSKQ this evening. We'll be back next week with more, more dream infringement. And in the meantime, I wish you a wonderful week. I hope that you all have a great first day of the new year. Or have had a first great, have had a great first day of the new year. Oh boy, we pre we pre record this, and I'm getting tired, guys. I'm getting real sleepy. It's late.
Um, anyway, I hope it's great. I hope the rest of your, your year is great. I hope that, uh, all the things you want to happen, happen for you. Yeah. We all have lofty goals when it comes to the new year, but if the only thing on your list is to listen to more dream infringement, then you're doing right, babe. Don't you, don't you forget it. Yeah. All right. We'll be back next week. Bye, everyone. Sayonara. Greetings, girl, and welcome to my world of phrasing right up to bat. It's the daisy age, you're about to walk top stage, so wipe your lottoes on the mat. Hip-hop love this is, and don't mind when I quiz your involvement speak for the sun. But clear your court, because this a one-man sport.